if I'm having trouble falling asleep, and I don't know what this is, I sort of stumbled on it. When I close my eyes, I don't know if you have it, but there are sort of black blobs when you close your eyes. And I just breathe slowly and deeply and follow the black blobs, and then I'm out. I don't know what that is, but it works. Hello, I'm Mariana Huffington. I'm delighted to welcome you to a special series of the Thrive Global podcast presented by Audible. In these four episodes, I'll be talking to four remarkable women about how they prioritize sleep in their lives and what helps them thrive. Sleep is always essential to every aspect of our well-being, but in extraordinary times of anxiety, stress, and uncertainty, getting the sleep we need is more important than ever. Sleep is truly the foundation of both a strong immune system and our mental resilience, the very things we need to navigate this pandemic and the uncertainty of the year ahead. My guest today is Lisa Kudrow, the comedic genius who has starred in shows like Friends, Web Therapy, and The Comeback. She's an executive producer of TLC's and NBC's Who Do You Think You Are? And not surprising, given her background in science and biology, she's also on the board of the Resnick Neuropsychiatric Hospital at UCLA. Here's some of our conversation about sleep and so much more. So let's start with sleep. How did you sleep last night? What's your relationship with sleep? I feel like I have a very good relationship with sleep. And I slept fine last night. I could have used maybe another hour, but no, I, I sleep well. I, we have a TV in our bedroom, but I never watch TV in bed. What about your phone? Does your phone sleep next to you? When I'm traveling, it does, because I don't trust the alarm clock <laughs> there. But I have an alarm clock. So it doesn't sleep with you normally? No, it's in the bathroom. Fantastic. Yeah. You're ahead of the curve because, as you know, 75% of people sleep with their phones by their bed. No, my bed has to be for sleeping. That room, for me, has to be just for sleeping. It's a real sanctuary. Yeah. And I usually don't have a problem falling asleep because I do sort of breathing exercises. So you have a nighttime routine. I do. And tell us about it. Well, I lie flat on my back and I take deep breaths, breathe in, count to five, hold it for five, let it out, five. Um, I know there are variations on that, but that's what works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I start to, I don't know how to put it, sort of run energy, you know, for my son and my husband and myself and, you know, my family. Um, And just imagine, you know, them very safe, surrounded in white light. And, you know, I do stuff like that, um, which it's just associated with calm for me. Mm -hmm. And it, it relaxes me. And then next thing I know, I'm asleep. But there's another thing. If I'm having trouble falling asleep, And I don't know what this is. I sort of stumbled on it. When I close my eyes, 
I don't know if you have it, but they're sort of black blobs Mm -hmm. when you close your eyes. And I just breathe slowly and deeply and follow the black blobs, and then I'm out. Mm. I don't know what that is, but it works. That's amazing. It basically disconnects you from any worries or any projects, and it focuses on something that has nothing to do with your day life. Right. That's probably it. Yeah. But I also... I'm sometimes it's great and sometimes it's bad how well I can compartmentalize. So it's great when I'm trying to fall asleep to take a step back and understand whatever that issue is that's not resolved, I'm not going to resolve it right now. And <laughs> I'm not, you know, I need to sleep. So the issue will be better served In if I sleep. And I can deal with it tomorrow. Um, once in a while, it's so, uh, I am really stressed about something that's unresolved. And, um, and I try to do that. And sometimes it just doesn't work if I had caffeine too late or, you know, I don't know what else. Uh, but I don't, the other thing I think that's really important if you're not sleeping is to not get really aggravated. Yes. And punish yourself for not sleeping. So when that happens, I say, that's okay. I can function on six hours right. of sleep. Instead of how many Five do you, hours. Well, I'd like seven live? and a half to eight. Yes. I like eight too. Yeah. But the first thing I do is just not stress out over not sleeping. And if it's really not happening, the sleep, then I surrender. I get up, go into the other room where my phone is. And it's not reading emails. It's playing puzzle games. Right. And relaxing. Until you're tired Tired again. Yeah. And then just saying, that's okay. You can be fine for one day on five hours sleep. And then tomorrow you'll be tired and you'll go to sleep. I just talk myself through. It's all okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As though you were talking to a child. Yes. So that's actually... um, Totally based on science, what you just said. They've done a lot of research. Um, One of my favorite experiments is having a control group, and they told them that they have to go to sleep. And another group, and they told them they have to stay awake. And the group that had the instruction to stay awake fell asleep faster. Yeah. Because sleep is about surrender. Yes. So if you stress about it, if you become anxious about it... right. That's the worst thing to do. (laughs) It is. When I know I have to be up early to do something, and I hope I sleep, that already causes stress. Yeah, no. And I don't like taking sleeping things. I've tried that, but I know you can become addicted. And then getting off of it, you're not going to sleep. Yes, and also the sleep is not as good quality. Oh, it's not? No, as the sleep we get naturally. So I'm glad that you are... Trying anything short of sleeping pills. Oh, no. Yeah, that I can't. I know I can't do that. And I get a rebound from that stuff. You know, I get really anxious over, I don't know what, all of a sudden, and I'll, I'll, I, had, I would realize, why am I so anxious about that? Why am I so uptight? Why am I so snippy? Why am I so aggravated over things? And I'll realize, oh, because you took, you know, one of those, like a... Yeah, you took a sleeping pill. All of them have unintended consequences. Yeah, or an anti-anxiety, or anti-anxiety medi- medication. Yes. And I have a rebound from that. And what about micro steps during the day that help you 
through anxiety, through fears, through all the things that are part of being a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any daily rituals or what we call micro steps? I do. I have puzzle games. So if I'm working and I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed or there's too much to do and I'm not moving fast enough, then I just give myself a break. And how long is the break? Um, yeah, I have to be careful that <laughs> the 10 or 15 minutes doesn't turn into a half hour mm-hmm. or an hour. Yeah. But that's what is so interesting and what makes me so optimistic, that the breaks can actually be as short as 60 seconds. Oh, is that right? Yes. And as long as there is a break that kind of stops the cumulative nature of stress, mm-hmm. it has a huge impact. And 60 seconds yes, is enough. is enough. And what is interesting is exactly what you discovered, you know, about playing um, a game. It's kind of the same principle of kind of separating yourself right. from the stressful incident or yeah. moment. And not letting it become cumulative. That stepping back, that perspective. So it's kind of an exciting time in the science of behavior change. And I know that you've studied biology and you are interested in science. And what also is fascinating is that all the latest science um, confirms a lot of spiritual traditions. Yes, that's what I'm noticing. Yep. And um, I know that you took Jewish studies and that you were even bat mitzvah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so That was my you, decision. <laughs> were you raised in a spiritual household? No, because uh, my parents were not religious. They were not observant Jews. My father had been raised Orthodox. And so, you know, that wasn't appealing to him then as an adult. And we didn't belong to a synagogue. So when I wanted, and my brother was bar mitzvahed at the house. They found a rabbi mm. who would train him and have the bar mitzvah. And then I decided I wanted a bat mitzvah because all my friends were having bar and bat mitzvahs. And I'm Jewish too. So I wanted to have that like ceremony of expression or acknowledgement, you know. Um, so we had a friend that was a rabbi and he Did got it. me tapes and I saw it was all written out in English. You know, um, I can't, all of a sudden, I can't remember one. Oh, Baruch, like B-A-R-U-C-H. Yes. And I could just read it out, listen to the tapes, learn the music of it. And I did it. I did it. Mm. He snuck us into his synagogue, but just the family for the ceremony. And then I had a party somewhere else. And uh, what made you want to study Judaism and Hebrew in college? Um Even before college, I was interested in Jewish history. And I took a class when I was in high school. I took a class at the community college with my brother, which was thrilling to me because my brother is older. And, uh, you know, that I was thrilled that we were going to be in a class together. He said this teacher was really good and, you know, we should do it. And I loved it with all my heart. So would you consider yourself a um, spiritual person? I, I feel like I am more yes. now since um, Phoebe, since the role of Phoebe in Friends. That had nothing, that girl had nothing to do with me. And, um, and once I got the, once I got the role and I was on the show and, you know, I was working with Jennifer 
Aniston, who was a more spiritual person. Then I started saying, oh, so what is that? And what is that? And what is that? And she introduced me to a lot of really great books and things that sort of launched that journey, which I just thought was really interesting and some things that I recognized, you know, in certain aspects of what I learned about Judaism and every religion. So my my absolutely favorite spiritual tradition in Judaism is the Shabbat, Mm -hmm. because I think we all need it, whether we are Jewish or not. Have you ever practiced it? No. Well, when I was (laughs) around the time of my bat mitzvah and thereafter, I decided I wanted to be a little more religious. So in my room, in my bedroom on Friday, a few times I would have, I had candles and candlesticks and I would do it myself, which is not how it's supposed to be done. But, but that I just was the Friday night ritual. Yeah. But what about the Saturday? No, no. I didn't. I thought that went too far. <laughs> I did. But right now, a lot of people are introducing the kind of digital detox into their lives. And in a sense, the whole essence of the Shabbat is to disconnect, right. not just from your work, but from phones and yeah. technology. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that is a good thing. And so what's your relationship with your phone and technology during the day? It's intimate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very intimate relationship. What I love about it is that you are staying in touch with people through text, through email, Um, I don't read my news on my phone. I don't. A lot of it feels like opinion Mm -hmm. right now to me, and that's not important. Again, right, I studied biology, scientific method, and I don't don't feel like I'm getting enough facts over opinions. And that irritates me. I'm not, that means I'm not getting information that I can use. But you are not getting the truth. Yeah, and yeah, that love of, of science, you know, goes back to studying biology. And I love what you said, that what you learned from studying biology is that nature doesn't judge. Yes. I love that. So how do you apply that in your own life? I speak as a very self-judgmental person. I call that voice in my head the obnoxious roommate living in my head that judges yeah. me and doubts me. Um, I have that too. So how how have you dealt with that voice? Well, at first you have to recognize it. <laughs> and um and then you have to for me let it know that might be true, it might not be true. So what'll serve me best right now is it might not be true mm-hmm. and I'm just going to carry on. You know, cuz it doesn't help. And I learned that also just beginning my career taking improvisation classes which are really good. It's really good. You have to be in a mindset of everything's okay and to just listen and respond and don't judge. And be able to use whatever comes at you. Yes. Whatever comes at you, you incorporate it into your truth in the scene. Um, I recently posted on my Instagram an excerpt from your Vasa commencement speech. Oh, And uh, people absolutely loved it. And um, you talked about failure Mm -hmm. and how to deal with failure. And um, my mother sort of 
brought us up in Athens in a one-bedroom apartment, making us feel that failure is not the opposite of success, but a stepping stone. And Oh, she did? Good yes. for her. Gosh. And I felt yeah. that this was very much kind of the message yeah. of, um, of what you said um, at, during that commencement speech, sort of one of the... Yes. No, that it's a, it's a guidepost. Yes, exactly. You know? All you right, said don't that go you, this way. It's not where that door closed. And say thank you because it's probably for a good reason. I love that, exactly, that you have to look at spinning disappointment into road signs. Yeah. If something doesn't work, go another way. You can't take it personally. Right, that's the big thing. Don't take it personally. And also, if that voice inside says, but this is the right way, and that door closed because they made a mistake, that's fine too, you still pursue it, but don't take it personally. There's no, like, revenge doesn't work, bitterness. You know, none of that helps you move along ever. Yeah. You've also said um, that Phoebe was very, very different from you. Yeah. Um, was it partly because she was so relentlessly optimistic? Um, yes, partly, yeah. I was um, a big skeptic and... I think took myself really seriously too. And again, the scientific method, that was everything. And for Phoebe, it was sort of the opposite of all that. Um, so yeah, that to me was a, was a challenge. Every season we'd come back and like, oh, okay, who is she? That's right, oh, get in the head. Okay, I have to figure <laughs> out who she is. And one year, um, you know, I it wasn't, I can't, I was just really frustrated that I don't feel like I'm having the realizations about her that I had before. And, and it's really frustrating. I'm not, it's not working. And Matt LeBlanc went, you're overthinking it. You are her. You got it. You've been doing it for three years. That's mm -hmm. the problem. There is no problem. You're looking for a problem. <laughs> I love him so much. He simplifies everything to, it's, it's simple. This is what it is. He's like, you're, you, there's no work to do. That's why. You've like, embodied yeah. her. And yeah. now you are trying to overthink it. Right. You got it down. You don't need to do that work anymore. You're her. Like, oh. And then it was fine. He was right. <laughs> this is actually so great about those of us who are not actors. Mm -hmm. Let's say if we want to embody a quality, maybe we can start kind of faking it until we make it and yeah. acting as if. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I like that. <laughs> I believe in that. Well, yeah. you actually saw the value of it. Yes, but also in regular life, you know, like I said, to study improvisation, you had to adopt a mindset of it's all okay. It's all okay. And what I'm hearing is, you know, so, it's something I have to work with and it's okay and it'll make it better. If I accept that, you know, all of a sudden, yes, there's a refrigerator in the living room. Okay, so <laughs> these people keep a refrigerator in their living room because they're hungry a lot. And you just keep snowballing that. And you add information and make it right. Yeah. So um, if you were giving a commencement speech now, yeah. um, what advice uh, would you add? Is there anything new? that you've learned? Because that's what I love kind of reading uh, about what you say through the years, that it, 
it changes and you share new learnings and new pieces of wisdom. So anything new that wasn't in the Vasa commencement speech? Yeah, I would change it because when I, I wasn't realizing at that point that there weren't tons of jobs for college graduates to have. And so that was a very idealistic, so, you know, there was, I think, still some good advice, you know, but there's also such a thing as having enough. And that's where you find abundance, mm. you know, where, when you realize what you have is enough and, um, and it makes life a lot easier. I don't know if that's fair or not, but I feel like you know, for, for young people that especially have to, you know, whatever entry-level job they have, and then they still need to pick up a gig on weekends or after hours, you know, whether it's, you know, driving a, a rideshare thing or, you know, food delivery or any of that, that, um, yeah, good. This is what you're doing. It's not who you are. It's what you're doing. And those are two different things. So it's really not identifying with what your job is, whether that's being a famous actor or... Um, or becoming a superstar, whatever you, you're dreaming about doing. Yeah, and just really understanding that you're doing what you need to do, and that is wonderful. Yeah. And it's also at the heart of every spiritual tradition. Yes. That um, however fantastic our job or our identity in the world, our essence and who we really are is more magnificent. Yes, that's true. So thank you so much for helping us connect with so much truth while making us laugh. Thanks. For so many years. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Ariana. Many thanks to Lisa Kudrow. This episode of the Thrive Global podcast is presented by Audible, whose sleep collection was designed to help you get the rest you deserve. For a wealth of sleep stories, meditations, and other incredible wellness content, check out Audible Plus, which also features thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, and Audible originals. And stay tuned for my new podcast, What I Learned with Ariana Huffington, featuring some of the most interesting people sharing the life lessons they learned over the course of this tumultuous past year. Thanks for listening.